Welcome to Harvest Recruitment's Seeds for Success show. Today we talk employer of choice, branding and how much it can make a difference to attracting and retaining top talent. We are also going to discuss what's happening in our online forum and events for the new year and of course a listener question. So we look forward to having you on the show. Welcome to Harvest Recruitment's Seeds for Success show, where successful managers and experts share their insights to help you recruit and retain the right people in your organisation. Now here's your host, Marie Harris. Welcome to episode two of Harvest Recruitment Seeds for Success show. My name is Marie Herreth. I'm director of Harvest Recruitment and we help managers attract, retain, the right staff in their business. We look forward to having you as we talk and we go to Western Australia, in fact, in our show today. So we're travelling over west. Uh, We've gone over the Nullarbor and we look forward to speaking with a good friend who I've known for, gosh, 15-odd years, I think, uh, in recruitment and HR world, Kiralee Wesley, who's now Human Resource Manager of SciTech. Harvest Recruitment, our aim is to assist you as you embark on your employment journey. So employment of staff for your organisation. And we have no better pride than seeing our managers and our clients succeed in getting the right people and succeeding as an organisation, optimising their performance based on the success of their staffing arrangements. So sit back Enjoy, and we look forward to having you as we get on with the show. Today, we'll be addressing a listener question. The question today is at the operational level. What is the best way to make some selection decisions when you're recruiting process operators? Uh, So, yeah, it's more difficult than it seems. You get a bunch of candidates, and the hardest thing is actually bringing the unmanageable many down to a manageable few. We're also talking uh, what's happening in our forum. So we have our Facebook page that's definitely alive and well. And as we head into the silly season, Facebook is going to be up and roaring um, as most people are putting their Christmas picks up and um, we can talk through the do's and don'ts in in Facebook and Twitter world, particularly if you're an employer or an employee um, or a candidate on a job search. Uh, We'll also have some feedback from one of our clients and again, introduce our guest um, who is the human resources manager from SciTech, which is an employer of choice in Western Australia. Interestingly, not in the mining and resources space, which everyone thinks when they think Western Australia. So yeah, we'll be talking um, about how SciTech has achieved brand and employer of choice status. Today's question is oriented around recruiting process operators. So we're looking at the semi or unskilled labour force. And we've had a client just recently in a very um, attractive industry, and it's attractive because it's a higher salaried employment opportunity for a process worker. So there's some elements of danger around what they do, and there's elements of high technology that the operators will deal with. So it's not your standard process operator role. And we've just come off that assignment. And so our question that we often get from manufacturers is what's the best way to scowl through and select the appropriate candidates by which to interview? 
in working on process operator briefs, it's important to be very clear around the key selection criteria. Um, what are the absolutes that your process operator workforce must demonstrate to be able to make shortlist? And it's not only the technical skills, while technical skills will come into the, into play, it will be the other elements that will determine a candidate's fit for the role. So in the situation that we had, um, the process operator, yes, there's definitely an industry overlap. So where there were candidates who had very similar industries, they were almost immediately in the yes pile. Um, but there were also other elements and um, this organisation deals a lot with mechanical equipment, lots of pumps and valves uh, involved in the operation. And a lot of the process operators have to monitor how the operation is running based on how effective the mechanical equipment is operating. So that actually became one of the selection criteria, which was what's your knowledge of mechanical equipment pumps and valves. The other one that was extremely important was the company operated on a rotating shift environment. So again, you know, you've got your process operators that are accustomed to working morning, afternoon or night shift, but not many actually work in a rotating shift environment. So that actually became a screening question as well, which is how do you feel about working shift work? Um, because you'll be working days, long days and long nights. Um, you do get breaks in between, but it, it has that um, lifestyle impact, I guess, in, in terms of what you do. And the other elements around were around motivation, attitude to work, um, and ability to um, think intelligently in the quiet time. So when it's not busy, what's someone going to do um, when they're sort of not on the tools, are they going to keep themselves occupied? So we're looking for a busy mind and we're looking also for someone who could adhere to process and protocol. So that's really the important element when you're recruiting your process operators is to know what the key elements are that make your current process operator staff group work and work well. What is it about what they do, um, what what they represent and their attributes that makes a good fit in your team already. From there, of course, you go to the market and of course you get slammed with ad response. It's going to happen. Just be prepared for the tsunami of ad response that comes your way, um, particularly if you're in an attractive industry sector. So, Having a procedure around that, so making sure that hold letters go out straight away because if you don't send out a hold letter, you will get the candidates calling you two days later saying, have you got my application? Am I being considered? So a hold letter just postpones that by a little bit, particularly if you can put a date on the hold letter and say, we will come back to you the week of and whatever week you're planning to do the bulk of the selection for the project. Uh, then once you've got the groups of candidates, once you've given them um, an acknowledgement letter um, or some form of communication, it's a matter of going through and just ticking those boxes on the selection criteria. Quite often we run with ad response forms and it's like an Excel spreadsheet where you have the key criteria listed and you're looking for it on the resume. Once you've got the ticks in the boxes on the resume, as far as you can glean from the resume, you go to telephone screening. So again, this helps fast track bringing it 
down to shortlist because you could bring a lot of the wrong people in for interview. But if you telephone screen first, you're going to be more optimized, I guess, in terms of the recruitment process. So you go through to telephone screen as the next stage. And then once your, your candidates are passing the telephone screen, it's going to lead you to a long list who you will then eyeball at interview. And then you're going through the other elements more around the attributes fit, more around their work orientation, and just clarifying technical skills in the process. With process operators, it may also be worthwhile doing aptitude tests as well. So knowing that they have the basic level of verbal and numeric reasoning and language skills, that they are going to be able to take instruction and be able to do simple computations in the work environment. So those things combined allow you to make a really good choice on a large group and effectively bring it down to the, the group of you know, the three to five candidates that you really want to be employing. And of course, making sure you do reference checks at the end, particularly on comments around their orientation to work and also why they left. Why why was it that they left? And finally, would you re-employ them? That's a big question that you need to get the answer for. So that's just in a nutshell, how to effectively recruit process operator levels and what you'll find is these people as well they quite often just do the tick the form and have the five minute interview and they're in and that's kind of why so many companies have issues with this level of staff in their organization is they've not probably invested the amount of time process and protocol into the recruitment process. We, when we were interviewing these process operators, you know what they said? This is the first time in my 20 year career that I've gone through this level of rigor with regards to my employment. And it was fantastic learning for them, but it also gave assurance that we were really presenting right fit candidates to the client. So that's my recommendation. So if you're embarking on process operator and production operator recruitment, really take on board some of those tools and tips because it will put you in good stead for getting the right people in the team delivering the results you need. What's happening in Harvest HR forum world? So if you don't know, Harvest Human Resources, we have a LinkedIn group called Harvest HR We have a Facebook page called Harvest Recruitment and we have a YouTube channel called Harvest HR1. And our most recent addition, we always are adding comments, commentary and um, inspirational photos, I guess, to Facebook world. Uh, And um, we've also just launched our um, next segment in our YouTube channel, which is our frequently asked questions um, segment. So we've just launched a video probably earlier this month. No, it would have been November 2013 um, that we launched the series and we launched it with Staffing for Growth. Uh, This is something that we'll be um, looking at because it's when we hit the new year, January, February is really when organisations start to sit down, they've got time to think, which is great. Uh, and they think about what 
roles they are looking to hire. So our video on Harvest HR1 channel of YouTube addresses staffing for growth, how to define it, uh, what are the key considerations and some management considerations as well with regards to staffing for growth. So that's probably the the latest edition. Um, so check out Harvest HR1 on YouTube. Um, have a few views. We're at currently at 79, I think, when I um, sat down today. So if we can get that up to 100 by Christmas, hooray, that'd be great. Uh, so join us in one of our online forums. Looking forward to seeing you there. I was just checking my diary for our events for the new year. So we launch Harvest HR's breakfast briefings in Victoria on Thursday, February 20th, with the first event being Staffing for Growth. So this is a fantastic time of year uh, where organisations are back from their Christmas break and are looking at the key roles for their organisation. So join us. It's going to be at Winter's Cafe in Geelong in Packington Street. And yeah, we'd love to have your company. Also, we will have that on webinar the following week. So if you check out our uh, events, um, either on our contact us page of our website, harvesterhr.com.au or on our Eventbrite page. So um, Harvest HR has an event page on Eventbrite where you can book directly um, or on our website itself, we have an events page and events calendar that you can check out. So either come to the breakfast, we'd love to have you for whatever takes your fancy in breakfast world or listen to it via webinar the following week. And um yeah, and then we'll follow that with our Perth breakfast launch in March. So watch this space. We would love to have your feedback. Given we have just launched our podcast, we're still, what we're doing is we're, um, we've got a backlog now of podcasts that are going to be released in relatively quick succession as we get all the software and the programs and what we need up and running. Um, but once you hear definitely give us some feedback. You can um, have two-way chats and dialogue with us on our Facebook page uh, or our LinkedIn page. So Facebook page is Harvest Recruitment, LinkedIn Harvest HR Group. Both are two-way dialogue channels where you can give your feedback and we can address it either on one of our online communities or we can address your um, feedback and your questions in our next podcast. So we might get to podcast number five or six and we'll have our feedback and listener questions. Um, but yeah, we look forward to having you engage with us in our Seeds for Success podcast shows. Today it is with great pleasure that I introduce our guest for our Seeds for Success show. Our guest today is no other than Kiralee Wesley, Human Resources Manager for SciTech in Perth, Western Australia. I first met Kiralee in, oh, I'm going to show my age, uh, in 1998. We worked for uh, Morgan and Banks, uh, which was in the 90s one of Australia's largest recruitment and human resource firms. We went through some change with that company as the company was sold and bought by TMP and is now known Australia-wide as Hudson. So if you see Hudson in a capital city, that was one of my heritage um, firms that I worked with, with, um, yeah, with Kiralee. Now, Kiralee left recruitment 
well, the pure recruitment services world, probably in 2001, 2002, and embarked on her career in human resource management. And she found herself in, it was probably 2007, 2008, um, could be a little bit later, 2009, uh, at SciTech. And she came on as a consultant initially as they were going through a fair amount of um, onboarding of new staff. And um, then that led to some more human resource work and it continued on on a um, part-time ongoing basis. And she's been I guess in a privileged situation where she's ducked out and had children and and come back into the organisation. So she's now human resource manager at SciTech. And I thought when I caught up with her, it was just fantastic because I said, oh, you're someone that I want to talk to. And she goes, why? I said, because SciTech is an employer of choice. Basically, candidates are jumping over themselves to work for SciTech. And if you can capture this magic as an employer, you have the command of the candidate market. You can then choose the people that you want to work for you, not try to present a case to candidates of why they should work for you. So it's it's more of a pull people in as opposed to pushing out to draw candidates to your business. So this is something that every organization aspires to become. And we thought we'd cover, well, what are the secrets to the success of SciTech as a business? And then what that transcends to in terms of the employment scenario there? What does it look like in terms of bringing people in? But then once they start, does the magic wear off or does it still stay where where the employees are equally engaged when they commence with this brand as when they were looking to start to work for this company? So that's what we've got in the show. So it is with great pleasure again that I welcome Kiralee. Today I'm with a very good friend of mine, Kiralee Wesley. Kiralee is the HR manager for SciTech in Western Australia. Now, I've known SciTech being a mother of three young kids, and this is a inquisitive child's playground where there's so many interactive um, pieces of equipment, and it's usually revolving around a theme um, to spark a child's interest in science. And kids come out of SciTech loving the experience and asking when they can come back. So today we're going to focus on um, recruitment and employment for strong brands. And um, so I welcome Kiralee today. Hi. And being a staff member at SciTech, you probably can expand a lot on who is SciTech. So tell us about SciTech. Um, SciTech, we employ about 140 staff plus another 100 volunteers and a big proportion of our staff are science communicators. Um, Marie made comment about kids who always want to come back and in fact um, that's the main reason why people revisit SciTech uh, is the kids harangue and harass their parents that they want to return. So these young kids, many of which uh, visit SciTech going through school, are probably um, the greatest proportion of people that we employ. Um, and one of our values is um, that 
we employ people who have a passion for promoting science. But it's also one of our um, key drivers is that we um, focus on engaging and inspiring West Australians in science, technology, engineering and maths. So I guess our um, philosophy um, towards our customers and visitors also runs through to the people that we employ as our staff. A lot of people wouldn't know this, but um, SciTech is so much more than SciTech in West Perth. Yes. In Western Australia. Yes. Tell us about the far-reaching abilities of SciTech. Okay. Well, we have um, two arms of what we call outreach, and one is... um, outreach to school teachers and we employ a team of teachers who um, teach teachers how to make science more engaging and inspiring and they travel all around to schools um, in the metro region as well as the regional areas but we also have another seven vans that travel all over Western Australia delivering science um, engagement activities and programs to, um, you know, everything from playgroups to high school students, and they are constantly on the road. So that's a really large team, um, our outreach team. We also have a workshop here that would make an exhibition every 12 to 18 months, and those exhibitions get on rented both nationally and internationally. And I think at the moment we have about 10 travelling exhibitions um, that are being rented around the world. So that's another kind of bit of revenue that comes in. Being um, based in Geelong now, um, we have a lot of our science exhibits at the Geelong Wool Museum and quite a few of the exhibitions are on hired from SciTech, as is ScienceWorks um, in Victoria as well. So I know that having worked with SciTech before, but not many people would know that some of those exhibits that yeah, a science-based exhibits in other areas of Australia actually come out of SciTech here in WA as well. Yeah, that's right. It's yeah. usually a surprise to people and um, that we have a large R&D workshop um, as well as our big outreach sort of team. So I guess SciTech is a bit more than what you see um, just driving through West Perth, City mm. West. And SciTech is just one of those companies that everyone wants to work for. Yes. How does that translate when it comes to applications? Uh, we have high volume applicants to pretty much every job. So, um, people's impression of SciTech and, and, and the brand SciTech, because it is so well known, um, there's quite a positive connotation to SciTech. I know SciTech, you know, I went there as a kid. So attraction has never been our issue. Um, do you get a lot of general submissions as well? Yes, we do. Off the street, resumes. Yep. 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 So we have um, an intranet and a bit of a general employment section, but I will probably get at least a resume every day, I mean every week, um, of just general I'm a scientist. Even people from overseas um, who have worked for other science centres, if they come here for a holiday, will quite often send their resumes. And we do hang on to them and we have interviewed and employed people who have approached us directly. Kiralee, would you say SciTech is an employer of choice? Uh, I would consider that we are an employer of choice Um, because there's a difference between brand and employment. So it could have this fantastic brand out there, but does it translate? Do you have 
any measures around you know people wanting to be employed by and then when they are employed want to remain employed by you know, like longevity for example in the company that people just want to stay because they they just love it so much it is in fact all that they dreamed it would yep. be yeah I think um we could we could definitely say we're an employer of choice um, based on a number of those points, one being longevity. We've got a number of employees who've been here between 15 and I think 26 years. Gosh, um, that's that's a statistic by itself because yes. <laughs> that, that reminds me of oh, I think the 70s and 80s when we <laughs> had those lengths of services. That's right. So we also have casuals that have worked here for um, – between four and 18 years. So we have one Gosh. of our casuals who's, who has worked here for 18 years. And, in fact, when I did a study of the average length of our casuals, it was over two years, which is pretty high. It's long-serving. Uh, yeah. Long-serving. So as a consequence, we've sort of approached our casual workforces um, and, and look at them as people who potentially will wish to stay and continue their careers with SciTech. Um, in terms of being an employer of choice, I think we appeal to people who um, in their philosophy to their own careers want to give something back to the community. You know, they're generally passionate about science or technology or maths and they feel that they want to engage and inspire others. And people who have that strongly within themselves are the ones that really kind of resonate with um, working at SciTech and um we also get people who come from the corporate environment who are willing to drop salary um they've done their bit for the corporate environment and they wish to give back to the community um so we get a lot of those sorts of people mm, as well because being not for profit and a lot of people don't know that SciTech is a not for profit you don't have that corporate salary structure that you know a lot of corporates operate we don't. under <laughs> so people must want to love working here because they it's do. definitely not a money driver no no definitely money is not the driver um although you know our award agreement is structured to pay over and above what the equivalent award is so our casuals are paid um you know on a level with people um, who would work in similar positions in the community. But as far as our permanent part-time staff um, are concerned, you know, our salary is lower than what they could get within a mining or a construction or building environment. But um, I guess we offer attractive work hours, um, you know, the employer of choice and branding and, and I guess the kind of around the barbecue on the weekend conversation that goes along with, hey, I work at SciTech. <laughs> yes, no, that's fantastic. And... How would you say that you're being able to achieve and continue to achieve that engagement post-hire? So there's the SciTech brand that attracts, but there's a lot to be um, drawn from once employees start with the business. And so they've joined this brand and they remain engaged. What's the secret? Well, it's not always successful. <laughs> and... Uh... In 2009, we devised a set of core staff values for SciTech employees, and one of our, our values we have is called Share the Fun. And it, it caused a lot of internal discussion, I would say, in that there is an impression that, hey, I come to SciTech, it's this fun place, it's all about fun and games. But in actual fact, people here work, and they work very, very hard. Um, and it's really kind of, you know, 
it, it does lead to a sense of disillusionment with some people that, yeah, they're here and they're working just as hard as they did in, in a previous job. Um, but, um, you know, keeping the focus on community and keeping the focus on our mission, um, we have a team of people who work who just work on communicating the mission and making sure the mission goes through to every single thing from the puppet show to, um, you know, somebody in front of a school uh, to, you know, the posters that you see on the wall to really try and push that message through. Um, but inevitably there are people that, you know, start here from uni and they're, they're filled with um, green eye and enthusiasm and, um, you know, they move on to, to other probably more corporate and structured environments and bigger and better places because that's where they're at in their career and, you know, we wish them well and acknowledge that we are a training ground for a lot of young scientists and technology and engineering people and they move on out into the community. And you mentioned, you touched on um, there might be employee disillusionment when they commence because, yes, SciTech is seen as this fun, interactive ex experience and most people that work in this organisation, yeah, they all have a job to do and it's roles and tasks and responsibilities. So mm. is that where the disillusionment might no, be based or no. is it...? We're very, we're very, very um, targeted with our recruitment and selection sort of strategies that we um, cover the fact that they will be working. Mm. So, it's, so it's, you're not just coming, coming no, in and having a party every no, day. No, no, <laughs> we, we, that is covered. And, you know, it was an issue that was raised when we did develop the core staff values that, you know, we, we wanted to be realistic when people um, came in to work at SciTech. In fact, we have um, probably the opposite issue here in that a lot of people who come to work at SciTech are very, very enthusiastic. They're passionate. They want to get involved in a lot of things. You know, we don't have very structured teams and environments and we encourage cross, um, you know, cross organisational project work. Um, and we found our biggest issue is reining people in and ensuring that they have good bridle work. their enthusiasm. We have to bridle their enthusiasm mm. so that they have good work-life balance because um, we really noticed a trend of people, young, enthusiastic staff going, yes, I want to do this and yes, I want to do that. And, you know, they take on too much and it can lead to burnout. <laughs> mm. That's just amazing. So, so you've got this fantastic brand which brings in the masses, mm. but then there's a lot of... Um, due diligence required at that selection process that's to right. make sure that you don't just get the one that's just gobsmacked by the brand and and that's all but they do actually have the key elements that it takes to work here that's right. and subscribe to the values yep yeah absolutely it's very targeted at that so at that selection stage very good um are your employees brand ambassadors I would like to think so. We encourage um, them to be brand ambassadors and something we've kind of pushed in the last 12 months is encouraging them to go on to LinkedIn. Um, we've made them very aware of um, how they're representing SciTech um, on social media sites. So because about 30% of our employees are under the age of 30, you know, they're high users of um, Twitter and Facebook and and all those sorts of um, media avenues. So they really, um, we've had to push the message that, you know, they're representing SciTech um, often in their personal dealings um, when they're out in the media and um, they generally like to know as much as they can, even though they're working in one division, about the broader 
um, business opportunities in SciTech because they get asked at shopping centres or, um, mm. you know, out at barbecues and those sorts of things. So we have to look at our induction strategies and look at ways to increase information and cr- increase knowledge about mm. SciTech as a whole. Business. Yeah, because I could imagine when they're at that barbecue and saying, I work for SciTech and you'd get the, wow, what's that like? They basically need a pitch and a script to follow up That's with. That's right. Um, that really draws the public in even more so because you never know when you're going to be touching with a potential client and customer that's going to frequent the premises or one of your partners. So being able to achieve that as well as prospective employees for the future. Yeah, that's right. And um, we identified that about a year ago. I had a briefing session with all of our new inductees over the last 12 months and that was something that came up that, you know, they get asked a lot of questions just out on the fly about SciTech and what we do and that there was pretty much a general need after the first three months where the bulk of the learning of their specific job um, was sort of focused in three months that after that there was a really strong need for a broader induction communication on SciTech, what we did, all the different areas um, so that they're equipped to answer those questions and, and, you know, represent us as a brand. Now, I know there'll be a lot of uh, managers from all sorts of companies listening to this saying, oh, but it's just so easy because they've got the brand, you know, they've got the brand, but brand just doesn't happen overnight. So what do you think the vital ingredients are to remain a company that everyone does want to work for? um, You may have to ask our (laughs) Director of um, Communications and Marketing. (laughs) Because how old is SciTech now? It's... Uh, 27 years. Yeah, so when it started, it wouldn't have been this huge brand that resonates with all Western Australians today. I think the beauty of SciTech is people uh, become aware of the brand when they're children. Mm. So going to SciTech has such a strong impression of on children that they're aware of it from a very young age. Um, so, you know, there's no secret that a lot of larger companies out there target marketing towards children and that's just something that's part and parcel of who we are and what we mm. do. Um, and the people that have had those experiences as kids are now decision makers. That's right. That's so right. and or seeking out employment opportunities and they'll have that yep. that reminiscing of warmth and, you know, the experience and the exposure that, you know, SciTech brings. So, mm. yeah, no, I'm interested in in terms of what your plans are now because you're at the top of your game, you've got this brand, you've got this employer of choice branding. How do you stay there? Like is there any risk that that could slide or is there any purposeful strategy to say now we've arrived because sometimes in, in just the corporate environment, once you're a leader, to stay at the top of your game is the biggest challenge. Yeah, I think I think for us it's about acknowledging to our staff that um, we can't, you know, we can't always pay the best. We don't have um, – and, and being honest to them about, you know, where they're going, what we can do, what they can – what we can offer them because – it's the people that leave that really strengthen your brand and having them leave and go, that was a fabulous experience. You know, I didn't get this, but I did get this and acknowledging to them that um, they may want to move on one day and that's okay. You know, we can't expect that we're going to keep everybody. I think um, 
those sorts of retention strategies, um, increasing transparency of information is also one of uh, my key um, projects uh, in terms of salaries and levels and comparative to the market because we don't um, publicise our salaries and I think there's a lot of guessing around whether we're comparable and I think by, you know, making that transparent will probably help employees to see that, you know, it's not that bad. Um, as far as our marketing goes, I think because we have a five-year funding agreement with the um, Department of Commerce, that it's about increasing our brand with our corporate partners uh, and that's definitely a strategy that we're adopting in the next five years. Um, and again, our corporate partners have often come through SciTech as children and had the fabulous experience, um, but it's about becoming a bit more professional in what we can offer for programs, you know, showing the results of their investment and um, really sort of helping to partner with them to push it in the WA community. My last question is, is there any advice you would have for companies who seek to become an employer of choice? There is, Marie. <laughs> um, something that we developed in 2009 that we felt was really key to um, improving uh, retention of staff but also to communicate um, at the selection process was some core staff values. And we developed uh, five core staff values with a focus group of employees from across the organisation who came from all different departments to really define what it is that we love about SciTech, we love about working at SciTech and, and really our values as, you know, towards our work. And we then specifically designed a reward and recognition strategy that rewarded people who um, demonstrated those core staff values. So we um, have those staff values in our employee manual. We communicate them at the selection um, stage so that people are aware of the values that we um, look for in staff, but also they're rewarded for um, demonstrating those values. And that's a pretty key one, I think, that's helped us to retain staff. Um, another retention strategy or I guess a strategy that we've taken on is to really look at um, working through issues with employees and um, if there's an issue or something has come up, we have a very strong focus on working through the issue and trying to find a mutually agreeable solution rather than parting ways. Um, parting Which is uncommon. Well, I've discovered it's mm. uncommon, um, but... You know, I think a lot of employers just um, hit the eject button. Yes, and it's, it's easy. <laughs> it's the parachute cord. You know, just it's, escape now. It's a very, it's a very short and simple solution to hit the eject button. But that person who is ejected goes into a community that's a very small community in Perth. I made reference to the fact we have a lot of long-serving employees here, and to eject somebody from a team where there's a lot of long-serving employees and not working through the issues, and I the think, camaraderie and yeah, yeah, it's it just spreads bad goodwill. So really, that's a focus on trying to increase the goodwill towards SciTech of people who are not just with SciTech but people who leave SciTech, and uh, by showing that. Um, you know, we pro approach situations um, honestly and um, to try and, you know, look at the best and fairest approach for everybody involved. And personally for you, you started with SciTech... 2009. 2009, so four years in yeah. the company. Yeah. And what do you love about it personally? 
despite the fact that we're here to work, I still get a thrill walking through SciTech every day and looking, you know. Do the staff play with the... The staff absolutely play with the exhibits. We absolutely play with all the exhibits and we're encouraged to play with the exhibits. So at the moment my favourite is um, a live beehive and I love going and looking at the bees. Um, But there's also um, a really retro space invaders. Space Invaders computer game that sometimes I so go out. So we're channeling the, the kid at heart. The, the kid at heart. The child that becomes the adult but Absolutely. never really wants to leave their childhood. And, and don't forget there's the appeal of that. Um, so, you know, there is the thrill and everybody knows SciTech and I, I have to say within myself, you know, I feel proud of working um, for an organisation that, you know, develops children and does something for the community and the economy. Um, so I guess I, I kind of fit the profile of, <laughs> of a SciTech employee. Um, and there's always so much to be done here. Um, there's always a lot of challenges. Um, it's the challenge of keeping the work interesting and keeping the organisation able to um, be fluid in meeting the needs of all the young, enthusiastic people and, and um, also having structure and finding that balance is always a, a challenge in terms of procedures and processes. So it's always lots of fun things to do. I just had a, a recent um, interview with my staff members around um, skill shortage and they talked at length about the skill shortage in technical roles. So whether it's engineering, um, whether it's construction, whether it's those in the oil and gas space, but predominantly technical positions. So I think what SciTech do, is doing, which is infiltrating children and encouraging them to love science early, we're not going to have this skill shortage that we have today in science-based industries um, because you're already getting them on board and showing them that it, that it's not nerdy and just geeky it's actually mm. it's fun you know and it, and it's exploring the world of science and opening their eyes to yeah this is actually a fun and can be a very exciting way to to spend my life and my my livelihood so i've seen SciTech um, from a distance, my kids experience SciTech and, and absolutely love it. And I think you would agree, the whole community does love SciTech. So I hope so. <laughs> they do, they do. So thank you, Kiralee, thank so you. much for taking the time today to thank share you. your thoughts. And um, yeah, I was catching up with Kiralee last night and I was like, oh, I want to talk about employer branding. And you're the perfect person to talk to. So thanks again for joining us, Kiralee. Right. And I wish you all the best for the Christmas and New Year, which is fast approaching. Thanks, Marie. <laughs> thanks again. Well, that was very insightful, uh, our chat with Kiralee. And I guess for me, what I learned, and I always like to go, well, what did I learn from that? Because SciTech wasn't a, a brand from day one but then they grew very quickly as a brand. And one of the secrets to that was they captured the essence of why they're, why they're here. And then they had that essence as something that they could engage with families and children at a young age. And I think all of us, no matter how old we are, we have those memories of our childhood and they're special and they're memories that you just want to bottle. And I guess SciTech captures that essence of childhood where where people are in that explorative mode and they're encouraged to explore and there's nothing that can't be can't be discovered. And that's 
the environment that SciTech has as it's this explorative science community and they they project science as not nerdy, not geeky, but exciting. And people remember that. And whatever business it is that you're in, if you can capture the essence of what you're passionate about and breed that passion in others, I think you, you know you, you're getting on the way to something exciting. And every business has that pulse, has that heartbeat that when they share that that passion, people get excited and they join the ride and they want to get wrapped up in the same excitement that you have as the business owner in your business. The next thing that I um, found really interesting was I was always intrigued. Cytex is great brand, but does it transcend once the people start in the organization? And what Kiralee mentioned was having the the values um, that were developed within the organisation that every staff member needed to subscribe to and taking away the brand, they would select based on subs- subscription to those values and then measure performance and reward according to the adherence to the values that they they portray as an organization and i thought that was that was really good because it's quite often you know like you see some fantastic brands and then you talk to people dinner dinner time conversations and you know dinner parties and they go oh have you heard about that company it's not what it's cracked up to be and it's so good that you see that people subscribe to values from day one and adhere to those values right throughout. And then the results speak for themselves because they have significant long-term workers and they are not the highest payers. Um, They're a not-for-profit. And so to be able to get that loyalty from their staff for significant periods of time and then when they're released if they are released into industry to have them leave and still promote SciTech that is just some gold that we've been able to take home home today Uh, so I hope you got some other tips but they were the things that really resonated with me we're pretty much at the end of the show I'm getting into the groove of this I think I could get into podcast world very easily. Uh, our initial plan was to launch podcasts every month. I don't want to you know, bombard you with my voice. Um, but we're, as I said, we've, we've stockpiled a few episodes. So you will get this run of episodes that will be released in, in very short succession. Um, uh, but I planned for episode two to be talking with our Perth consultant. So we opened our Perth office in December um, 2013 and I was privileged enough to be there for the unlocking of the door and the unwrapping of the furniture and and yeah getting involved with the sort of grassroots of our Perth operation. Now we have had business and clients, I love you clients out there in client world, uh, we have had business in Perth for well, basically since I launched Harvest Recruitment in 2009, um, but I had to return to the Eastern States for family reasons. So we've always had consultants from 2011, in fact, was when we gained our first consultant, but they were always operating in 
you know, first we started with home-based office, then we uh, worked in sublet arrangements. So it's it's been fantastic to get to that stage of growth where it's like, it's our own office, it's shiny, it's new. Uh, we're just in um, the North Perth precinct, just past the cultural hub of Northbridge. And yeah, we'd love to have you pop in and see us if you're in the neighbourhood. So the next episode, which was going to be episode two, now episode three, is a chat with my Perth consultants, uh, Anna Pearson and Bronte Anderson. Both have specific specialisations. Anna's predominantly construction and in construction property and engineering. Bronte is engineering, mining and oil and gas. So we hear from them. Um, Anna tells us what's happening in construction world and Bronte what's happening in oil and gas. And so if you're in those sectors, um, either construction, uh, engineering or oil and gas, you're going to get a lot of value from the show next week and I keep saying next week. Well, whenever we release it, it could be next week or next month. As I said, the plan was for monthly episodes, so but you might see it a little bit earlier. Anyway, what we discovered as a theme with those two industries and why outsource recruitment works well is there's this severe candidate shortage. So that's going to be the theme for our Seeds for Success show in our next episode. So please join us then. If you're a manager embarking on recruitment activities this coming year, we would love to have a chat with you. We have products and services specifically designed to help you get the right fit for your organisation. You can contact us at harvesthr.com.au or give us a call on 1300 363 128. We look forward to catching up with you soon. You have been listening to Harvest Recruitment's Seeds for Success show with Marie Harris. Want to cultivate your employment prowess? Then visit harvesthr.com.au.